This episode is brought to you by CC's Loving Care, caring for the ones you love. This is Money Talks with TJ Howe from Triple H Financial. So when we say we help create and preserve your legacy, we're helping do a little pre-planning. If you plan, you make the decision. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, TJ provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Retirement made easy. Let us show you how. And now here is Money Talks with TJ Howe. Welcome back to another episode of Money Talks with me, your host, TJ Howe. How is everybody doing today? Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been tuning in to the past three episodes, welcome to our show. If this is your first time listeners, great. We love having you, but I want to just quickly let you know, we are at the end of a four-part series, a four-part podcast series with my dear friend and brother, Tom Krieger here in Tucson, Arizona. He is a real estate professional, one of the top, well, let me just cut to the chase. He won't say this to you, so I will. He is with Keller Williams, 183,000 realtors worldwide. He and his team are in the top 10 percentile of all the agents worldwide. So that gives you an idea of how successful he is. He's doing really well and he helps his people do really well, meaning his, uh, his buyers and sellers. So having said that, this is part four, but time out real quick backstory. If you didn't listen to part one, two or three, okay, go to my website, which is tjhow.com www.tjhowe.com and go to the podcast tab on the top toolbar and just pull it down and it should list the last five or six episodes we've done. Well, those will all be with Tom and I. So go back to the beginning, which will be part one or episode one. Tune into that one. Listen to that because that'll lead you to episode two, which will lead you to episode three, which will tie into episode four, which we're going to hit today. Okay. So we've been asking a series of questions that all of you should be asking of a realtor before you hire. So these are the questions. Okay. And again, I'm not going to rehash them, but there are 10 of them. And we've talked about the first seven in the first three episodes. So we're going to jump right into episode. I mean, we're going to jump into question number eight, but before I do that, uh, let me welcome back in our star of the hour, Tom, how are you today? I'm great, TJ. Thanks for asking. You bet. How's the team doing? You guys been busy the past few days? Yeah, we have been very busy. Um, A lot of offers coming in on our listings and a lot of people calling us with trouble. And like, what kind of trouble? Right. We can't find a home. There's little inventory on the market. Tell tell me this, Tom. I've been told through friends and just reading the news that there's less than a 30-day supply of inventory in Tucson. Is that accurate? Is that a correct statement? That is correct on most homes. Now, okay. when you get into the luxury market, okay. that's a little bit different. Not everybody has a million and a half to $3 million to put down. But if you house. got 500 or, or less, that's, that those yeah. are the homes that yeah. are going. I mean, some and some of the property in the price ranges, we're getting 10, 15 offers in a day. <sighs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So keep that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just, I'm just 
pulling something out of my rear end here, but let me just say it. I'm going to guess if your home is between the 200 and 500 range, I'm going to just guess, and Tom can argue if I'm if I'm wrong here, but I'm going to guess you're probably looking at getting your home sold within about 30 days if it's in that range, two to 500,000. It's They're going like hotcakes. Now, Tom, real quick before we jump into the questions again, where are most of the buyers coming from? Well, most of the buyers are our millennials, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, and or retirees. Those are are, are anybody places. moving from California? We're getting some some transportees from California? We're getting California? A, lot of, a lot of people from California, from Washington, from Oregon, okay. from Colorado, and from Utah. Okay. Now, why? What's the biggest reason people are drawn to Tucson besides our weather? Cost of living. Boom. Thank you. I can work away from the office. I can work from home. So why not go down where it's 65 in the wintertime and I can relax and do Absolutely. my work outside in my outside your patio, right? office, right? Beautiful, beautiful. Which brings me to something that okay. you should be aware of. Yes. More and more people are now starting to look at new construction where they're having the house built specifically with an office. Now define that for us real okay, quick. Okay, not a bedroom, a specific office That's with all built, the bells and whistles. Like your shelving, your bookshelves. Exactly. And with all, a desk maybe built All in. the IT stuff all tied into oh. Siri, all tied into, uh, if you, it's like you, doing podcasts, okay? So you could do so it from home. Independent contractors are doing that. They're also um, upgrading their internet exposure really? throughout the house. Yeah, really? and so that... Things can be picked up. There's no breaking within the home at all. So quick question. And by the way, for those that haven't heard his story, Tom used to be a developer. So he he can speak from both sides of the fence. He's not just sold properties. He's built them too. Tom, are are these smart homes becoming a real thing? Like in oh, the new absolutely. building? Absolutely. They are. The smart homes are like the thing right now mm-hmm. or what's called the next gen homes. Okay. So we're having a lot more people staying at home with the kids when mom and dad can't fend for themselves or more likely don't want to fend for themselves because the cruises that eventually will come back. They like taking, and they don't want to have to maintain the yard and they don't want to be a burden on the kids. So they have these separate quarters. Mother-in-law quarters, we call them. Mother-in-law quarters. That has to me a negative connotation. Sorry. But we call them next gen. And you know, if you get around the world, you'll see a lot of where generational building onto the home. So in a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, Arab homes, Arabic homes. They keep their families they together. They keep their family and they add on and they add on and they add on and they add on. Okay. And everybody stays in a nice family unit. Beautiful. So there's not excessive money or time spent to go to and from great grandma's and, house. Well, in time out, Tom, I got another question. What's one of the biggest crises we're dealing with in addition to COVID? Or I think COVID's the culprit of it. But what's one of the biggest Amer- crises, healthcare crises in America? It's mental health issues. And people are really struggling, aren't they, with depression and anxiety because we're all isolated. So that brings me to that that point is if you could live with family. Now, not everybody wants to live with their family, but some do. And a lot of people in Italy, they do that's the norm like it's not normal to send your parents to a folks home old folks home they don't do that you take care of your own we need to be better about that i think in america that's just my opinion yeah. well, but we need to treat take our care of a lot of the medical costs too beautiful yeah. so you can really reduce and medical costs are nothing to joke about okay so real quick give us your contact info give everybody your contact so our website is www.thetjkteam.com my phone number is 520 520- Nine zero seven five three zero five. Again, that number five two zero nine zero seven five three zero five, and that's. 
personal phone number. So he just gave you, all of you, all 5,000 listeners, give or take, 5,200 at last count. He just gave all of you his personal direct cell phone. So you have got the man at your fingertips here. Use him. Use he and his team, okay? Let's jump into it, Tom. Let's just jump into the final three questions that we should all be asking our realtors. And by the way, just a quick refresh. Number one question was, are you a single agency or are you a team or part of a team? Number two was, how will you market my home and make it stand out from others? Number three was, how quickly do you return calls? Number four is, what amount of prospecting do you do daily for for buyers for my home? Number five was, what commitment will you make to keep me informed? Number six was, how many listings in this price range do you currently have? And number seven is, what's the current list price to sale price? Which, by the way, is 98.9%. So if you were selling your home for 100, you're going to make about $98,900. That's pretty good. Okay. And then, and then here we are. Question number eight, Tom, how many homes do you list and bring in the buyer yourself? So you have both sides and can control the entire sale. So currently on our listings, we're at 32%. And what we do, you know, the term is a double pop, but it's to me, that's a horrible name for that type of a transaction. What I call that is a seamless transaction because I don't have anybody else to deal with. No, I can get the job done within my team. There's massive communication with in our team. Appraisals are ordered when they're supposed to be ordered. Home inspections are done. Responses to home inspection, yada, yada. You're yada. not waiting on someone else to get back to you for dot, dot, dot. Yeah, like you said, the part-time real estate. Yes, thing. yes. And nothing against, I. this is not a, a condemnation of part-timers because if you're a single mom and you're you know working a nine to five and you're doing real estate on the weekends to make ends meet, God bless you. I, I'm applauding you. I am not taking away from you. It is what it is, right? It's all I'm saying. It is what it is. TJ, Just, let, me, let me make a little comment got, on it. Got if it. you are a single mom and you need another job, you get a hold of me because I'll train you to make some really good money. Listen to that now. So the, tell us your number again for those that would like to for do the that. single moms that are out there or whoever. Or single anybody. Yeah. <laughs> My number is 520-907-5305. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, he's in the top 10 percentile of all of the agents a worldwide with Keller Williams. So I promise you, he can teach you a thing or two if you're new to the biz. Okay. So we talked about, so again, how many homes did we talk about that? How many homes do you list and bring in yourself? 32%. 32%. We talked about that. Okay. We got that question answered. Let's move on. Okay. Question number nine, is there an upfront charge for certain types of marketing? Well, not, not an upfront charge. Um, we don't get paid until the house sells or we don't get paid until we find you a home that you can buy. But there are certain type of up charges in the marketing of your home that other companies do or other agents do. Our fee is rolled into our commission dollars. Okay. So there is no extra fee to like someone is over there checking. Yeah, I don't have any high end pictures, so you pay another three hundred dollars for that. Or I don't have the staging done like we talked before where I want you to pay eighteen hundred dollars. We handle all of that. Okay. Good. Good to know. Okay, so there. So again, the question was: Is there an upfront charge? No. The answer is no. There's not upfront, meaning you're not opening your checkbook. It'll be rolled in. Okay. Uh, now, question number ten, um, Tom. And if I could read this, here we go. What are your average days on market? Wow, this is a good one, ladies and gentlemen. So, what are your average days on market? Can you provide proof of that? Exactly right. So, if you have somebody who is Maybe their average sales price is 200000 but they do 
occasionally sell homes in the five or six hundred thousand dollar range, but they're not pricing them right. They're telling the sellers what they want to hear, and those homes stay on the market longer and longer. So you want to make sure that the average days on market for the price range that you're in. As I said earlier, if you have a million dollar property, it's going to take a little bit longer to sell than a $150,000 property. So if I'm normally selling $150,000 properties and my average days on market are four and I'm interviewing for a million dollar listing, you see, so you want to be specific in how you ask those questions. So if I just heard you right, we cannot set a a, a set expectation for all homes to fill the same uh, venue. Is that a fair statement to make? Correct. So the expectation is based on what type of home you have, what neighborhood you're in, and, and what's going on around you. Is that a fair Exactly. Okay. So keep that in mind. Ladies and gentlemen, if your home is a million two, you're probably going to have it on uh, the market for a little longer than 30 days. Probably fair statement. I I may be wrong. You may not. You may have someone swoop in from California and gobble it up and God bless you. But I'm guessing if it's over a million, it's going to be a wee bit longer. Okay. But I've I've said it before and I'll say it again with Tom's Tom's blessing, that is, that uh, here in Tucson, we asked him in the previous episode, and I think I'm I'm safe in saying if your home is between that two to four hundred and fifty ish or two to five hundred range, uh, two to four hundred. Let's say it that if your home is in the two to four hundred range, which is about the he said the average price of a sale in Tucson is two forty nine. So if I'm saying if you're in that two to four hundred range, it's probably fair to say you will get it sold within about a thirty day time lapse or or sooner. But I, I'm no guarantees, but but at least I'm seeing that the numbers are planning out. That's exactly what's happening. If if you're between the two to 400 range, they're going a lot quicker than, you know, other areas. So fair enough. Okay. So I think we got to it, right? So Tom, we've got a few moments left here. We've got about three and a half, four minutes left. Um, I know we were going to start uh, talking about some things you can do for people. So back to me, I've told you again, I'll, I'll, I've told you before, I'll say it again. I am a safe money financial advisor, a safe money manager. Okay. So simply put, I do not sell stock sponsor mutual funds. We stay away from that stuff. Could I? Certainly. Do I want to? No, I do not. Okay. There's other people that'll take care of that stuff for you. Well, Tom in the real estate world has the ability to, at the same time, keep some of your money, uh, you know, whatever portion you're going to use as investors, you he can keep it also safe also with some backing and some collateral and guarantees uh, using homes and, and buildings and, you know, property is the collateral, of course. But Tom, just briefly, I know we're going to just glaze over the top, but in a very high level 30,000 foot approach, um, uh, briefly give folks uh, an idea of some of the things you do besides just buy, selling, buying and selling homes besides listing and selling. Sure, TJ. Um, So to make this very simple, there are many ways to make money in real estate. You can be a buyer of property, improve that asset, and then sell it and make a profit. You can be the person who helps to finance that type of a purchase and then get a rate of return for financing that type of a purchase. You could be a person who is wanting to sell their home, but their home is in trouble meaning it needs some work, some repairs, and you may not have that money to do it. But yet we're able to say, if we can improve the house by $10,000, we can get you another 30 on top of that. So we can increase your return by $30,000. There's a way of doing that too. Now, if you don't have the money, we have ways of getting that money to you to help you make that type of 
increased value in your home that okay. you can realize. So quickly, I'm summarizing as a layperson here. I'm not a professional real estate agent, nor, nor do I know anything about real estate other than what I'm hearing and learning, okay? So quickly, uh, for someone out there that may be interested, has a pocket of cash uh, that they just retired from their 401k, and they've yep. just, they're like, I just don't want to leave it in the market, and I don't want to put it in the bank. I just am not, ugh, I don't want to do either of those. I don't want the risk of a market, but I don't want the zero interest of the bank. So for example, let's just say you have a half million dollars, uh, you know, in your nest egg. Um, now remember, this is a whole nother story. If your money's qualified, there's a few things we got to do to unqualify it before we w go that route. Well, that's not true. You can have a property inside an IRA. I take that back. You can own property inside your IRA. Correct. Okay. So let me, let me start over. That's not necessarily true. You don't have to unqualify it. But for those of you that just have a pocket of money, we'll call it your rainy day fund. And let's just say it's 200,000 sitting at your local bank, your Wells Fargo or Bank of America. You got 200 grand and it's literally collecting zero interest or, or close to zero. So you come along and you're talking to Tom, you're moving Tom. You're like, okay, Tom, some ideas. So I'm just going to rehash what he just mentioned. So Tom, you and your team could help me in my, in that example, if I've got a couple hundred thousand, if I said, I'm interested in flipping, buying and flipping, you could help in that category. Correct. We can get you the property. We can get you the contractors and we can sell it for you. Beautiful. Step one. Step two, you could say, no, no, I don't want to mess with that, but I'm interested in the finance part of it. So talk for just a brief moment. If I came to you with 200,000 and said, I want to be part of the financing, what, what does, what's, what's that in an, an overview? So what we would do is we would bring a project to you, okay. explain it to you and say, this is how it works. And you would say it's a go or it's not a go, but at least we would know that before you would put a penny anywhere. Okay? Where it's where it's, so that's called that's called hard money. Am I right? Yep. That's a hard money lending situation. So in other words, for those out there that aren't familiar with this type of lending, there's a lot of it going on. Believe it or not, there's a lot more than you realize. But it's called hard money lending. Now, Tom, give us the two versions. We the two ways we can make money in that in that genre. In hard money lending. Hard money. What are the two different okay. angles? So one of the one of the hard money lending is is. You come in and you say, hey, Tom, if you've got a project, I've got 25, 30, 40, 15, whatever, $1,000 I'd be willing to invest in a project. We then would put you on title because you're, you're lending money into an asset. You should have a control of that asset. Once the property is transferred over, we, in, a, in essence, we make our profit, we pay you the 10% or 8% or 12%, depending on the project. But on average, it's 10%. 10, okay. okay. So good to know. So say that again. Say the average again. So it's between 8 and 12. The average is about 10%. So if you had 100000 to drop into said project, then are we looking at roughly about 10000 in profit on that particular project? If the money is held for a year, but if the money's only held for three months, then it's, uh, it's $3,333.33. Okay, so let's be clear that you understand what we just said as we wrap up. It, we're talking per year. So if you gave 100,000 over the course of that year, that 12 months, you're looking at between eight to 12%. Again, we're going to use 10 as a nice average. So if you gave them 100,000 over the next 12 months, you can reasonably expect about $10,000 in interest on your money. Ladies and gentlemen, use the rule of 72. That means your money will double about every 7.2 years, that's not too bad. So just keep that in the back of your mind. What's the second side of the The coin? second side is that um, you can be part of the project, okay. okay? So what we try and help people with is, uh, okay, if we're not gonna give you the 10%, 
we're going to only give you like 5%, but you're going to make 50% on the profit. Profit. Okay. Now, a what's lot, the timing on that? What's the range? It all time? depends, yeah, but okay. very rarely, and I mean very rarely, do we keep anything over a year. Okay. Now, I, I have had several properties where I've personally invested in. I've kept them for two-year notes, okay? But there was only like $50,000. Okay? No problem. So in that example, I'm, I'm just going to mention what we talked about privately is that if you choose the second idea, so you don't want the 10%, you're thinking, no, no, I, I, I want to be a partner. I want 50% of the proceeds or the profits, excuse me. I want 50% of the profits instead of the 10%. Then you might be looking at sitting on that project for five to six months, for example. Is that right. kind of a fair? So you might be able to get two projects out in a given year. Now, again, there's a little more risk involved in that there's time. When I say risk, I mean time. There's more time involved in waiting, okay? But if you're not in any hurry, you might return what, Tom? 25, 30,000 instead of 10 or 15,000? I mean, if it's uh, 100 or $200,000. So, invest. as an example, we just we just finished a project that we closed on on the 29th of May. Okay. And we paid 172.5 for that project. Then we're closing on the 30th of September for 305. That means you will have uh, netted 132.5. Well, let me, let well, me put the caveat got in it. there. There was $80,000 of improvements put in there. So the 132 minus the 80. Minus, hold on, the 80. Okay, so that leaves 52. Right. So let me be clear, I'm understanding. If you were Tom's partner on that project he just uh, is closing on on the 30th of September, then it would be divided by two. So I would be receiving 26,000 roughly. Plus or, or profit. Oh, yeah. okay. 26,000 in profit plus your original, original investment. investment back. Yeah. So if I give you 100 uh, in that yeah. example. Or, well, in this example, the, the, prop, the property purchase price was 172. Okay. okay. And usually in those positions, we put you in a 50% position rate. So really, um, half of 80, 170, 86, something like that. Divided by two. Yeah. So 86 in that example. So if I've given you 86, back. I'm getting plus 26. So I'm getting on my $86,000 investment four months later, right? Yep. No, no, June, July, August. Yeah. Four months later. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. In four months, your 80,000 just grew to $112,000. OMG. I would say that's a very reasonable rate of return. And by the way, in full disclosure, Tom, I'm not offering that type of return on my investments. So let's just be clear. <laughs> so, so for those that are, are, are a little more wild and wooly or, or you're not, you're not satisfied with my rates of return are going to average four to seven, just in all fairness, in full transparency, the, the projects or the projects, the investment vehicles we're going to be talking to you about, um, the safe money alternatives are going to average between four and seven on an annual basis. Okay. You might have a pop-up year. Like I said, in a previous episode, 14 to 20%. But those are rare. Those are not going to happen every year. But in Tom's case, they could. They could happen every year, okay? So we're out of time. Goodness gracious how time flies, right? But again, this is episode number four in the four-part series. Back to my website, www.tjhowe.com. That's tjhow.com. And when you go to the podcast tab, click on Getting to Know Your Realtor, parts one through four, part one, two, three, and four. And Tom, one more time, give us your contact info. So our website is www.thetjkteam.com and my phone number, personal phone number is 520-907-5305. Again, that number is 
1-800-227-5305. Beautiful. And for me, if you need me for any reason, or you want to get a hold of him and just didn't write down, my number is 520-977-5297. Again, that's my cell phone, 520-977-5297. For any questions related to these topics about real estate, I will forward you right to Tom and his team. And they're a wonderful group of folks. He's like a Navy SEAL team. Six people can get a whole lot done. Let me just tell you that right now. Okay. God bless one and all for listening. Thank you for tuning in again. We'll be back next week with uh, some wonderful good news on some various other topics. But until then, stay safe, America. God bless. We love you. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Money Talks with TJ Howe. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact TJ Howe at Triple H Financial. Call 520-977-5297 or visit their website at triplehfinancial.com. TJ Howe and Triple H Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. 